0: In the name of the one living God, amen. Amen. In his letter to the Philippians, which we heard a few minutes ago, Paul sets for us, before us, a clear picture of a Christian life. And then he adds, It is God at work in you, that creates the desire to do God's will. It is God at work in you that creates the desire to do God's will. Last spring, there was an article in the New York Times which caught my eye. And I saved it thinking that maybe someday I might find a place for it the question in the article was how many mistakes can you find in this summary of biblical facts so you're going to take a test each one of you nobody can see your answers and um, if you want to check them out I have a cheat sheet after the service you can see how well you did here are the biblical facts Noah of Ark, and his wife, Joan, (laughs) build a boat to survive a great flood. Moses climbs Mount Sinai and receives ten enumerated commandments. For all the differences among religious denominations, The Ten Commandments are a common bedrock that Jews, Catholics, and Protestants agree on. Sodom and his wild girlfriend, (laughs) Gomorrah, soon set the standard of what not to do, and they are turned to pillars of salt. The Virgin Mary, a young Christian woman, conceives Jesus immaculately and gives birth to him in a Jerusalem manger. Jesus, backed by the twelve apostles and their wives, the epistles, (laughs) proclaims what we call the golden rule. Do one to others before they do one to you. Christianity spreads through the Gospels, which differ on details, but all provide eyewitness accounts of Jesus' life from birth to death. Finally, Rome tires of throwing Christians to the lions and becomes the first country to adopt Christianity as its religion. The Bible is translated from the original English into countless languages. The author of the article then reveals that nearly two-thirds of Americans say they believe that the Bible holds the answers to all or most of life's basic questions, and yet only one-third knows that Jesus delivered the Sermon on the Mount, and 10% believe that Joan of Arc actually was Noah's wife. There are also many people who believe that knowledge doesn't really matter because the world is leaving faith behind right now anyway. I wonder. Needless to say, faith is elemental in much of the world, including large parts of our own country. And yet there are those who don't seem to listen very well and others who don't get it at all kind of like the son in Jesus' short parable today who said, yes, he would go and work in his father's vineyard, and then was a total no-show. As important as knowledge of our faith is, and it is indeed important, it's where our feet take us, how we act or don't act, that tells whether or not we get it. So for those who don't get it, why don't they? What is faith if it isn't knowledge alone? Why is it so difficult to accept this gift of grace, the unearnable, undeserved, all-consuming love of God? Might we be like the people of Jesus' day who say yes when we mean no and say no when yes is really our deepest desire? For Christians, Christ must be invited into the life of the growing believer. The God who loves us as we are is the God who out of unconditional love will not leave us where we are if we're willing to say yes sincerely and to live in faith and by faith. It's a big if, but it's a necessary one. Remember that wonderful verse from the book of Revelation? It says, Listen, I'm standing at the door and knocking. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come into you and eat with you and you with me. An intimate, deep relationship with the Christ is an inseparable part of the salvation process. And this relationship is not just a once and for all I do for non believers. It's the very heart of our believing community's ongoing commitment to the gospel and to God's kingdom. This relationship means to participate in God's love for this world and for all of humankind. Christianity is relational. And the connection between love for God and love for our brothers and sisters means that we are participating in God's kingdom, the way God wants the world to be. And we have the ability to choose. What power there is in these two small words, yes and no. What we say yes to, and what we say no to does in fact help help to form our identity. Perhaps sometimes it would be easier to say a compliant or conforming yes, feeling that it was easier and more comfortable to float down the stream and than to swim against the current, and thus risking becoming buried under a pile of shoulds and oughts. And to say yes to becoming. A practicing Christian can involve a very costly no, a clear component in making choices in our faith, to say no to the presence of injustice, to say no to certain ways of behavior. When people rejected Jesus' message of the kingdom, he didn't argue with them. He didn't try to reason or contend with them when they took offense at him. He simply told them, prophets are not without honor, except in their hometown, and among their own kin, and in their own house. He may have been surprised by their unbelief, but he continued to heal a few sick people before leaving town, then going to neighboring villages, planting the seeds of the kingdom reality, and teaching and healing No one was forced to accept his gospel. Faith, then, not only includes responsibility, we also have to choose how to respond. Yes or no. If we answer yes, then what matters is what we do in response to God's call. It's not just religious respectability and affirming the right thing but seriously taking time to reflect on what's important in our life and being aware of where our feet are taking us. You see, we learn faith by doing faith. Faith in action is another term for love, not a showy faith in action, just doing it because the needs are there to fill. It's not about how successful we've been as Christian do gooders. It's not just believing or confessing any particular creed to win God's approval or getting all the correct answers on the Bible test. It's about one thing love. Love in action, not a concept. Not love in general or in any remote philosophical sense. Not love of neighbor unremoved from life. Not talking love, but doing love. In other words, doing faith, not merely having faith. Of course, doing faith isn't often evidenced by moving mountains or walking on water but in nameless, unremembered acts of kindness and love, even when nobody else will know and when we probably won't get much appreciation for doing so. Jesus has not given us a suggestion, but a moral command. Love in action is what is expected of his disciples. That's what we do After we say, we believe, we say yes, and then show up in the vineyard, constantly reminding ourselves, is the life I am living really the life that wants to live in me? Or are we among the group who could be called the great intenders, those who are not doing any evil? just going along about their business, caught up in the day-to-day world of achievement and even affluence, if we get stuck intending rather than doing, it doesn't necessarily mean that we're irreligious or godless people. More than likely, we're just busy people, occupied and preoccupied but to those who can transform from intending to actually doing, a strange new blessedness, a new freedom, a new way of seeing can grasp them and make a difference. So I think this morning's gospel is saying to us, reflect on what we are saying yes to and what we're saying no to. And where does commitment to Christ and the body of Christ fit into this equation? If we're confused about where we stand, then we just need to look at where our feet take us. Because our feet never lie. They tell the truth. Paul tells us, It is God at work in you that creates the desire to do God's will. The question is, do you believe that you are living the life that wants to live in you? Yes or no?